Hello, welcome to the Real Answers Ministry. My name is Louis Nava, founder of Real Answers Ministry, a nonprofit organization to help equip and encourage the saints to fulfill the Great Commission by coming alongside and going out preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ at events and colleges. You can check us out at realanswersaz.org. Welcome back as we continue reading through the book of Acts. Last time, we read chapter 6, where we were introduced to Stephen, a man full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom. God using Stephen in a mighty way through signs and wonders, causing those who rejected the gospel of Jesus Christ to dispute the wisdom of Stephen. Because Stephen, being filled with the Holy Spirit... They could not dispute the wisdom of Stephen, so they set up false witnesses to testify against him and brought him to the court of the Jewish leaders. As we read in chapter 6, verse 11 through 14, says, Then they secretly induced men to say, We have heard him speak blasphemy, blasphemous words against Moses and God. And they stirred up the people, the elders, and the scribes. And they came upon him, seized him, and brought him to the council. They also set up false witnesses who said, This man does not cease to speak blasphemous words against the holy place and the law. For we have heard him say that this Jesus of Nazareth will destroy this place and change the customs which Moses delivered to us. Now let's continue in Acts chapter 7, verse 1. It says, Then the high priest said, Are these things so? Well, how does Stephen respond to the high priest and to these religious leaders in, in this courtroom? Well, Stephen takes them through the history of their forefathers, which all present in the courtroom would agree. As we read the rest of chapter 7, we will be going through a quick overview through Genesis, Exodus, and the prophets. I will mostly be reading the text until Stephen brings the scripture to light, using these verses from the Old Testament to expose the hypocrisy and the corruption of the religious leaders. Let's continue with verse 2. And he said, brethren and fathers, listen. The God of glory appeared to our father Abraham when he was in Mesopotamia before he dwelt in Haran and said to him, Get out of your country and from your relatives and come to the land that I will show you. Then he came out of the land of Chaldeans and dwelt in Haran. And from there, when his father was dead, he moved him to this land in which you now dwell. And God gave him no inheritance in it, 
not even enough to set his foot on. But even when Abraham had no child, he promised to give it to him for for a possession and to his descendants after him. But God spoke in this way, that his descendants would dwell in a foreign land and they would bring them into bondage and oppress them for hundred years. And the nation to whom they will be in bondage, I will judge, said God. And after that, they shall come out and serve me in this place. Then he gave him the covenant of circumcision. And so Abraham begot Isaac and circumcised him on the eighth day. And Isaac begot Jacob and Jacob begot the 12 patriots, which we know as the fathers of the 12 tribes of Israel. Verse 9 says, And the patriots, becoming envious, sold Joseph in, into Egypt. But God was with him and delivered him out of all his troubles and gave him favor and wisdom in the presence of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. And he made him governor over Egypt and all his house. Now a famine and great trouble came over all the land of Egypt and Canaan. And our fathers found no substance. But when Jacob heard that there was grain in Egypt, he sent out our fathers first. And second time, Joseph was made known to his brothers. And Joseph's family became known to the Pharaoh. Then Joseph sent and called his father Jacob and all his relatives to him, 75 people. So Jacob went down to Egypt, and he died, and he and our fathers. And they were carried back to Shechem and laid in the tomb that Abraham brought, bought for a sum of money from the sons of Hammer, the father of Shechem. But when the time of the promise drew near, which God had sworn to Abraham, the people grew and multiplied in Egypt, till another king arose who did not know Joseph. This man dwelt treacherously with our people and oppressed our forefathers, making them expose their babies so that they might not live. At this time, Moses was born and was well-pleasing to God, and he was brought up in his father's house for three months. But when he was set out, Pharaoh's daughter took him away and brought him up as her own son. And Moses was learned in all wisdom of the Egyptians and was mighty in words and deeds. I, I find this portion to be very interesting that in Acts, Stephen says Moses was learned in all the wisdom of the Egyptians and was mighty in words and deeds. Because when we read in Exodus, Moses makes excuses why he shouldn't, why God shouldn't choose him to face Pharaoh because Moses said that he couldn't speak well when the real reason was that Moses feared Pharaoh. Moses fled Egypt and stayed away 40 years because he fled Pharaoh. Well, we read that in Exodus chapter 4, 10 through 16 says, Then Moses said to the Lord, Oh, my Lord, I am not eloquent, neither before nor since you have spoken to your servant. But I am slow of speech and slow of tongue. So the Lord said to him, Who has made man's mouth? 
or who makes the mute, the deaf, the seen, or the blind? Have not I the Lord? Now therefore go, and I'll be with your mouth and teach you what you shall say. But he said, Oh, my Lord, please send by the hand of whoever else, whomever else you may send. So the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses. And he said, Is not Aaron the Levite your brother? I know he can speak well. And look, he is coming out to meet you. When he sees you, he will be glad in his heart. Now you shall speak to him and put the words in his mouth. And I'll be with your mouth and with his mouth, and I'll teach you what you shall do. So he shall be your spokesman to the people, and he himself shall be as a mouth for you, and you shall be to him as God. See, God said that he would use Aaron as a spokesman, knowing Aaron was the Hebrew slave, not having the education that Moses had received. Moses is the one that was mighty in words and deeds. I believe Aaron brought comfort to Moses, knowing he was not alone in his high calling and mission God had for Moses. But let's continue in verse 23 of Acts chapter 7. Now when he was 40 years old, speaking of Moses, it came into his heart to visit his brethren and the children of Israel, and seeing one of them suffer wrong, he defended and avenged him who was oppressed and struck down the Egyptians. For he supposed that his brethren would have understood that God would deliver them by his hand. But they did not understand. And the next day he appeared to two of them as they were fighting and tried to reconcile them, saying, Men, you are brethren. Why do you wrong one another? But he who did his neighbor wrong pushed away, saying, Who made you a ruler and a judge over us? Do you want to kill me as you did the Egyptian yesterday? Then at this saying, Moses fled and became a dweller in the land of Midian, where he had two sons. And when 40 years had passed, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire in a bush, in the wilderness of Mount Sinai. When Moses saw it, he marveled at the sight. And as he drew near to observe, the voice of the Lord came to him, saying, I am the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses trembled and dared not look. Then the Lord said to him, Take your sandals off your feet, for the place where you stand is holy ground. I have surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt. I have heard their groaning and have come down to deliver them. And now I come and I will send you to Egypt. This Moses whom they rejected saying, who made you a ruler and a judge is the one God sent to be a ruler and a deliverer by the hand of the angel who appeared to him in a bush. He brought them out after he had shown wonders and signs in the land of Egypt and in the Red Sea and in the wilderness 40 years. This is that Moses who said to the children of Israel, the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your brethren. Him you shall hear. This is he 
who was in the congregation in the wilderness with the angel who spoke to him on Mount Sinai and with our for, with our fathers, the one who received the living oracles to give to us, whom our fathers would not obey but rejected. And in their hearts they turned back to Egypt, saying to Aaron, Make us gods to go before us. As for this Moses who brought us out of the land of Egypt, we do not know where or what has become of him. And they made a calf in those days, offered sacrifices to the idol, and rejoiced in the works of their own hands. Then God turned and gave them up to worship the host of heaven, as it is written in the book of the prophets. Did you offer me slaughtered animals and sacrifices during 40 years in the wilderness, O house of Israel? You also took up the tabernacle of Moloch and the star of your god Remphan, images which you made to worship, and I will carry you away beyond Babylon. Our fathers had the tabernacle witness in the wilderness. He appointed, instructing Moses to make it according to the pattern that he had seen, which our fathers, have, having received it, in turn, also brought with Joshua into the land possessed by the Gentiles, whom God drove out before the face of the fathers until the day of David, who found favor before God and asked to find a dwelling for the God of Jacob. But Solomon built him a house. However, the Most High does not dwell in temples made by hands, as the prophet says. Heaven is my throne, and the earth is my footstool. What house will you build for me, says the Lord? Or what is this place of my rest? Hath my hand not made all these things? So we see up to this point, the Jewish religious leaders and those in the courtroom would have agreed with Stephen, as Stephen sh showed how the forefathers rejected God's word and went after and worshiped false gods. But now Stephen turns and points out that those in the courtroom are not different than the forefathers, than their forefathers. They should have known the word of God and the promise of the coming Messiah. So Stephen continues in verse 51. He says, you stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears, you always resist the Holy Spirit as your fathers did. So do you. Which of the prophets did your fathers not persecute? And they killed those who foretold of the coming of the just one, of whom you now have become the betrayers and murderers, who have received the law by the direction of angels and have not kept it. So what was the problem with the Jewish leaders and those in the courtroom? They resisted the Holy Spirit as their forefathers in the past. God, the Holy Spirit, worked by convicting people's hearts since the fall of man. When we feel guilty, it is because we are guilty when we reject or resist the truth of God's word. That is why we need a Savior. Was Stephen unloving for speaking the truth? Stephen even called them betrayers and murderers. Why? Because they were. 
and they needed to understand that they are guilty before God and needed to turn from the rebellion and turn to God for the forgiveness of sin. But instead of their hearts being broken and seeing their sin and their need for forgiveness, their hearts became even more hardened as we see as we continue to read in verse 54. It says, when they heard these things, they were cut to the heart and they gnashed at him with their teeth. But he, speaking of Stephen, being full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God and said, look, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. What was Stephen focused on? Instead of looking at his situation and the danger he was in, Stephen was focused on the Lord. He saw Jesus standing at the right hand of God. According to Scripture, after Jesus ascended into heaven, he was sitting at the right hand of the Father on the throne. Yet Stephen sees him standing. Stephen is about to be the first martyr for the testimony of Jesus Christ and for the Word of God as Jesus welcomes Stephen into his kingdom in heaven. We read in Revelation 6, chapter 6, verse 9 through 11, it says, When you open the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. And they cried out with a loud voice, saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, until you judge and avenge our blood on those who dwell on the earth? Then a white robe was given to each of them, and it was said to them that they should rest a little while longer until both the number of their fellow servants and their brethren who will be killed as they were, was complete. So Stephen was the first martyr we see since the birth of the church. And according to the book of Revelation, many will die for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ, which they held and declared. The promise to those who are martyred is eternal rest, no longer having any more suffering. They are also given white robes, which is symbolic for all sins are covered, complete forgiveness, and declared righteous in the presence of God throughout eternity. Now let's continue in verse 57 um, in the book of Acts. It says, then they cried out with a loud voice. So they stopped their ears and ran at him with one accord, and they cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their clothes at the feet of a young man named Saul. And they stoned Stephen as he was calling on God and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he knelt down and cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not charge them with this sin. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. So those who heard Stephen cried out with a loud voice so that they could not hear the truth that Stephen was speaking. They stopped their ears. How many people stop their ears when the truth of God's word is being spoken? They ignore and suppress the truth because the truth hurts. When we, when, when, when we know that we are wrong yet do not want to change or repent, we shut our ears. To shut Stephen up, they, with one accord, took Stephen outside the city to stone him as if Stephen was a criminal. How did Stephen respond to their unjust verdict? He responded like his Lord did. 
Jesus on the cross said to the Father in Luke 23, verse 34, it says, Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. When Je That's when Jesus was on the cross. Stephen said, what does Stephen say? He said, Lord, do not charge them with this sin. How can Stephen say this to his false accusers? It's because Stephen believed God's word and he trusted his Savior, Jesus Christ. Jesus said in Matthew 5, 11, 12, says, Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my name's sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. It is impossible to be able to react like this unless one is born again and the Spirit of God is in them. Stephen, we know, was filled with the Holy Spirit, and God used Stephen for this purpose, for his purpose. Was Stephen's death and prayer in vain? No. The person in the crowd who gave approval to the stoning of Stephen was a Pharisee named Saul. Saul hated Christians and continued to arrest and persecute Christians until Saul came face to face with Jesus Christ. Saul was no longer Saul. After Saul's conversion, his name was changed. And he became the Apostle Paul, Paul the Apostle, who wrote most of the New Testament while going to the world, preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, and who discipled many Christians. One of the apostles, um, Paul's disciple and companion, was a physician named Luke. Luke wrote the book of Luke and the book of Acts, which we and many have been blessed reading. Hey, bro. I'm sorry, man. You think you can come back just a little bit? I'm so sorry, man, to interrupt. Um, but we haven't. No, I just got an alert. Did you hear it? Yeah. Okay, yeah. My, I kept getting a message on my messenger, and then all of a sudden I was trying to mute it, and I was trying to change the the sound so I didn't have the sound come up again, and then all of a sudden my ringer came on because I was trying to take off the sound and so um well let me know how far back we gotta go um it seemed like it was a little while ago when i heard it yeah that one i think i'll let go because it wasn't as big just this just just right now where i interrupted you now i didn't hear that one i don't think oh just now yeah you should go back and maybe maybe you should uh because i could i could um because I'm almost done. I wonder if I should go back to um, just in case. Um, go back to when those who heard Stephen uh, cried out with a loud voice so that they could not hear the the truth. With I wonder if I should go back to there. Okay. Um, yeah, that should be fine, man. At least that'll give me some time to see whether or not. I because I can I can. Um... Yeah, I can I can definitely cut it in. Okay. Sorry about that, man. No problem. Yeah, and uh, you know, it was a little long. I think I was messing up too. <laughs> yeah, 
I, mean, I, I probably should have took a break and just like get refreshed. You know what I mean? Yeah. Feel free if you need to. Uh, I don't think I, I heard anything really. Um, I, my notes have been real, real small. So good. Yeah. So I'm going to lower my volume now though, but go ahead. Okay. Those who heard Stephen cried out with a loud voice so that they could not hear the truth that Stephen was speaking. They stopped their ears. How many people stop their ears when the truth of God's word is being spoken? They ignored and suppressed the truth because the truth hurts. When we know we are wrong, yet do not want to change or repent, we stop our ears. We don't want to hear it. So to shut Stephen up, they with one accord took Stephen outside the city to stone him as if Stephen was a criminal. How did Stephen respond to their unjust verdict? He responded like his Lord did. Jesus on the cross said to the Father in Luke 23, verse 34, said, Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. What does Stephen say? Lord, do not charge them with this sin. How can Stephen say this to his false accusers? Because Stephen believed God's word, trusting his Savior, Jesus Christ. Jesus said in Matthew 5, 11 to 12, Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my name's sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad. For great is reward in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. It is impossible to be able to react like Stephen did unless one is born again and the Spirit of God is in them. Stephen, we know, was filled with the Holy Spirit, and God used Stephen for this purpose, for God's purpose. Was Stephen's death and prayer in vain? No, the person in the crowd who gave approval to the stoning of Stephen was a Pharisee named Saul. Saul hated Christians and continued to arrest and persecute Christians until Saul came face to face with Jesus Christ. Saul was no longer Saul. After Saul's conversion, his name was changed and became the Apostle Paul. Paul the Apostle, who wrote most of the New Testament, while going through the world preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, who also discipled many Christians. One of the apostles, um, Paul's disciple and companion, was a physician named Luke. Luke wrote, wrote the book of Luke and the book of Acts, which we and many have been blessed reading. God is still at work. When things look bad and we start losing hope, we know God is still working. And even though we can only see our current situation, God sees the beginning to the end. Romans eight twenty eight, And we know all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Let us not focus on our situation. Like Stephen, let us keep our focus on Jesus Christ the author and the finisher of our faith. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great 
a cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. May God bless you. Until next time.